Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Rebecca. And this is Full Plate, Full Cup. We're startup leaders turned executive coaches who believe that you deserve to be wildly successful and wildly happy. We interview trailblazing entrepreneurs, business leaders, and creatives so you can peek behind the curtain of how they got where they are today and start carving your own path towards success. Each episode shares personal stories as well as actionable takeaways that you can apply to begin living a more joyful and fulfilling life. Join us to learn how to scale your business, harness your power, and fill your cup. If you like what you hear, subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, we are so excited today to have my friend Michael Chernow on our podcast. Welcome, Michael. So many of you probably have heard of Michael or follow him on social media. But for those of you who don't, I'm going to go ahead and give him a little intro. So Michael Chernow is a serial entrepreneur, restaurateur, podcast host, and expert in the world of wellness, fitness, and nutrition. Most recently, Michael founded and launched Creatures of Habit, an in-your-face lifestyle and wellness brand reimagining how you establish healthy habits in your life. He's a firm believer that every time we replace a bad habit with a good one, big or small, the greater chance we have to live our best lives. Michael resides in New York State with his wife, Donna, and his young sons, Finley and Dakota. Michael, welcome to Full Cup Conversations. We are so excited to have you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm pumped to be here. I love you guys, and I'm really fired up about the podcast. Same to you. We're, we're always fired up, so let's dive right in. So, Michael, you are the quintessential multi-hyphenate. So many diverse talents and ventures. When someone says to you, hey, Michael, what do you do? What do you say? How do you describe yourself? Well, it's so interesting. It's a great question. For years, before I launched my most recent business, Creatures of Habit, I would tell people I was a restaurateur. And after some time thinking about it, I actually went to, I, I did this like two week long deep dive journey about five years ago. And on that journey, I was asked to think about what I did for real, right? Like a restaurateur, I'm in the restaurant business. It's kind of vague, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of bland. And so when I really started thinking about what I did professionally, I make memories. That was my job. If I did my job really well, well, I could, I could also make really bad memories as a <laughs> restaurateur. But uh, but but really, I, I I was like, you know, my job is is to create awesome memories for people through an environment, through experience, hospitality, awesome food, the whole the whole journey that one walks when one walks into a restaurant. You know, one thing that I'll I'll I'll, I'll actually take a step further with you guys is an experience is not just what happens when somebody is doing what you're preparing for them. The experience really starts, like for instance, in the restaurant world, the experience for a guest walking into a restaurant starts as soon as they make eye contact with the actual store, right? Like as yeah. soon as they see the front of the restaurant, boom, that's when it starts. And so what does that mean to me as a, as a kind of a detail oriented devils in the details, <laughs> the little things really matter most. What does that mean to a person like me who really, really likes to think through these things? That means that everything needs to be awesome. 
the 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 storefront needs to be clean and painted when it's dirty and and you know there there yeah. needs to be no garbage in front of the restaurant the door needs to be nice and easy to open like a heavy door you know the amount of times that I've I've like struggled with a door to get into a restaurant it might not mean much right as it's happening however if the experience once you're inside is not tip top all those little tiny things <laughs> add up you know, like the yeah. door was kind of heavy. The bathroom wasn't really clean. They left my plates on the table for too long. No one really came to check in to see if I wanted another drink. Like all those little things, one of them can 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 get forgotten potentially. But uh, and so I, I I really think about this idea of making memories for people. And so when I decided that it was time for me to step out of the restaurant business, potentially permanently maybe temporarily who knows what happens down the road <laughs> i really wanted to be able to to continue that that uh that legacy of making memories for people and the best way for me to do that was to really share my story and share my experience with coming through and i'm sure we'll get to it you know in, in the podcast but but coming through a really dark place in my life and 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 battling adversity and overcoming adversity and coming out on the other side like truly a living a, a a life that I never thought was possible for myself. So I wanted to be able to do that. And that's where Creatures of Habit came in. And so now, you know, I like to like put a little stamp on everyone's day, the the okay. the community of people that 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 eat um the product that we serve at Creatures or that we make at Creatures of Habit. I'm now a part of their day on a daily basis. And it tends to be a very positive part of their day in the beginning of their day, symbolizing putting positivity in, into their system, you know? So yeah. I make memories. That's what I yeah. do. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. You know, I started my career in hospitality. So every word that you said, I'm like, yes, yes. It's about the feeling. It's about the emotion that it conveys. It's not just about the food on the plate. So right. that resonated with me so deeply. Well, you know, being an entrepreneur obviously seems super cool to have like all the different business names in your bio, but not everybody's cut out for it, <laughs> right? Like, did you always know that entrepreneurship uh, was where you wanted to go, and what do you think it really takes to be a successful entrepreneur? I've been thinking a lot about this, and and actually talking a lot about this with my colleagues and mentors. Being an entrepreneur is glamorous in the media. <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is the hardest thing on the planet because you've got no one to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it it the 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 whole entire process is whether it's successful or not is on your shoulders, and for whatever reason, I have been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've always wanted to make, do, create, sell, connect, and you know when I was five years old, I was selling my toys that I didn't want to play with anymore on a blanket or a sheet that I would lay out on the corner of 87th Street and 2nd Avenue with my older sister and I would line them all up nice and neat and I would sell my toys for a buck a piece you know I was I, I came up with an idea when I was 10 years old that I lived on 87th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue lots of high-rise buildings up there and I said you know if I make a flyer and walk into all of these high-rise buildings and put the flyer in the laundry room of these buildings with my home phone number on it and saying, I will walk your dog for less than you'd probably pay now. 
I ended up building this amazing dog walking business when I, from like <laughs> 10 to 12, I was walking 30 dogs. My mother and father had to like pull the plug on it because it was just so insane. But I was making like an enormous amount of cash. Yeah. I was making, I was making a lot of money for a young kid. So I've always sort of thought that way. And even to this day, I've, I've, I've built businesses. I've created enormous value for people. I've sold a bunch of equity in businesses. It's hard. It's, it's, it's unbelievably hard. It's unbelievably hard. It is unbelievably stressful. I, I had a guy on my podcast. Uh, his name is Will Ahmed. He was the, he's the CEO and founder of Whoop, which is a, uh, yeah. a wearable technology that I love. His company is, is valued at, you know, I think probably now like three to $5 billion, something Ooh, like that. Whoop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah, whoop, whoop. <laughs> For sure. And he, I, you know, I asked him, I said, what do you think, what do you think it means to be a really successful entrepreneur? Forgetting about the happiness part of life, just the, the business component of being a, a successful entrepreneur. And his answer to me was most successful entrepreneurs have an overwhelming ability to withstand an insanely high level of stress mm -hmm. far more than the high level of average human beings. Yeah. And he could not be more accurate. Yeah. You know, the, the, for me, it's just never quitting. It's yeah. it's no matter what, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how alone you think you are, no matter how close to the end you think you are, to be successful in the world of entrepreneurship, you have to be willing to battle in the hardest of hard times. And that's what I do. I love the fight. You know, I love the fight. And even though it hurts and you know, when I'm going through it really bad, my wife, you know, she's like, God, you choose, you choose this life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know. And yeah. I don't think that happened any other way. I know. No, it's so, it's so um, spot on that you say that. I mean, I think, you know, in our work, we talk a lot about the nervous system and, you know, work with our clients on learning how to regulate their nervous system and deal with their nervous system. And for me, until I got my nervous system and somewhat of regulation, I couldn't have been an entrepreneur. You know, I was an employee for a long time because I was scared shitless of doing the damn thing, you know? Um, so I love that you brought that up because I think people know that entrepreneurship is stressful, right? But they don't really talk about, okay, so then what do you do, right? What do you do? How do you, you know, manage that and and still be successful in spite of, it's not like it's less stressful when you're better at it. It's just as mm. stressful. You're just better at managing it and dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to actually piggyback on that and ask you when you have those things happen as an entrepreneur, which it happens frequently, right? Like every day as an entrepreneur, you fail a little bit. You succeed, you have wins, but you fail a little bit. How do you pick yourself back up when something doesn't happen as you expected it to happen? What tools do you have in your toolbox? Well, I, I think the answer to that question is probably untraditional. It's not for me about when things don't work out. Because 95% of the time, things don't work out the way you plan them. <laughs> For me, it is a commitment to daily habits that I do every single day in the beginning of my day that truly help me build a bulletproof armor around my mind, body, and soul to walk into the world every single day ready. Mm. And I... 
you know, I mean, I have obviously if things are going haywire, which happens, right? Like you're like, oh, shit, it is about <laughs> to get real. Like we got to, you know, stop, drop and roll. I'll, I'll make phone calls to some mentors. I'll ask for advice. I mean, one thing that I will say that I'm very comfortable with today is I ask for as much help as possible, period, done. Yes. Like anybody that's listening to this podcast, <laughs> if you have a problem with asking for help, chances are entrepreneurship is not for you because you need to get comfortable with asking for as much. I, you know, it was so funny. I, I was moving offices and I still, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm still young in my career. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm 42 years old, so I've got a long journey ahead of me. Yeah. And I needed to move out of this office, <laughs> the, the, the other office. I can, I'm so comfortable asking for help, but I just, for whatever reason, I just couldn't find the, to ask somebody to help me move. I, I was like, I'm like, I'm going to fucking do this on my own. I'm going to do this oh, on my God. own. Yeah. How'd that go for you? <laughs> you better believe that. You know who I asked? <laughs> Someone who had no choice but to say yes. My wife. <laughs> oh, no. My wife showed up yesterday and we took care of business. Oh. But, you know, it's just asking for help is one of the hardest things for human beings. Yeah. So I would just say that's one one massive leap in the right direction is just get comfortable with asking for help. But I will say that preparation on a daily basis through consistent positive habit has been most I would I would point to as the foundation and core to success in my personal and professional life. And you know, if you want me to walk through that journey with you in terms of what I do every day, I'm happy to do that, but I think, you know, I take it very very seriously. And it is now my lifestyle, you know. Yeah, I, I, I would love you to walk through that. I actually, Amanda knows this, but I love morning routines. To me, it, as to steal your word, I feel like those first, that first hour, even that first thirty minutes of the day before the world starts imposing its demands on you, are your time to center yourself, feel good, and do what you need to do, so that no matter what the day brings. You can end up feeling accomplished and like you took care of you. And if you take care of you, you can show up as your best self for others. So I definitely want to touch on that. But I love what you said about asking for help. And kind of like Amanda, I used to work in the corporate world. I was at Nike. I was at Mind Body Green. So startups and small um, big companies alike. And what's kind of the key differentiation between working for a company and being an entrepreneur, which I never thought about until you said it, is the ability to ask for help. Because when you work for a company, you're rewarded for figuring things out on your own, right? Your boss doesn't want you to come to them with a ton of problems and a ton of questions. But when you're an entrepreneur and every little detail is up to you to uncover, to manage, to see to fruition, you kind of have no choice but to ask for help. So, <laughs> so thank you for saying that because I think that's so valuable to our listeners out there. One thing that I just want to add to that because I think yeah. you also bring up a very good point. As an entrepreneur... And, you know, I have not made it to the big times yet, right? Like I don't have a billion dollar company um, or I have never built a billion dollar company. Not yet. Multi million dollars. Not yet. Um, will we'll, we'll definitely happen. At yeah, some point. for sure. Um, but I will say that for anybody that's working for a company, specifically a startup, coming to the department head, the executive team, the founder potentially or the CEO of the company with a problem is a mistake. <laughs> it's a mistake. 
And I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel, you should feel weird if you can't, or like uncomfortable if you're having trouble figuring something out. But I could just promise you being a founder for, you know, and a CEO for almost 13 years, when I have employees that show up with problems <laughs> constantly and consistently, I know that that person is not cut out from yeah. what we're doing in a startup because we are problem solvers. And so when you come to a meeting with a bunch of problems, figure out the solutions before the meeting or at least come to the meeting with a list of things that you've thought through and how you're going to solve the problem. There's nothing wrong with being like, all right, so this is what we're up against. <laughs> but if you're like, all right, so this is what we're up against. End of story. <laughs> yeah. You got to keep it real, you know, like, but you also have to come with solutions. Right. Like, like, this is what we're up against. This is how we've received it. This is the three different ways that we're planning on figuring out how to challenge the problem. And then ultimately, we're going to pull the trigger on all of these or one of these and come to the meeting next week with our results. Yeah. Right? Like, I am the kind of guy that's like, I want to find people that are down to take a risk, that are comfortable with autonomy, that literally come to me with a high five or a, hey, I fucked up. Yeah. Like, I'm much rather, I would rather, I would rather a high five or a fuck up than I got I a problem. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, I got a problem. Because if it's up to me to solve all the problems that come up, and trust me, there's a lot. Then I'm not able to do my job as a CEO, which is build a brand, be the vision, get out there and talk about it like I'm doing yeah. with you guys right now as, as, yeah. as loud as I can, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. You know, I think a lot of people want autonomy, say they want autonomy, think they want autonomy, want ownership, right? And when you work at a startup, take the ownership, right? Like yeah. if you want ownership and you're, you know, and you're working on a team, even if you're, you know, when I when I managed a team um, at my second to last job at Sakara. I had a, a person who worked for me who was 24 years old and brilliant, hardworking, so um, so eager to come with solutions. And she would get nervous to go to anyone else but me because we had that trust, right? And I said to her, just because you're an associate, just because you're 24, these are great ideas. These are better ideas than that 29 or 32-year-old is coming up with. So you've got my ear. I'm telling you to walk into that meeting. I don't care who's at the table, if the CMO, the founder, whatever, like startup culture is like, who I, you know, it's like a, a, the survival of the fittest to a certain degree, right? Like the way that I got to be a partner at a very young age and as a female was not because I was taking orders and listening. No, I was like, I, mean, I was crazy, but you know, I was taking the bull by the horns and that's, that's, you know, that's what, you know, maybe there's someone listening that might want to work for you one day and, you know, for them to have that that advice that, you know, if you want ownership, take it. Don't wait for it to be handed to you. Cause Yeah. And also, like, if, especially if it's the beginning of your career, right? Yeah. If it's the beginning of your career, you're out there, you're trying to find the right place for you. One other thing that I'll say is if your main focus in the I'm going to take this job or not take this job is how much money you're making in the early days, I'm here to promise you that that would be a, uh, another big old mistake yeah. because most of the time we learn the best lessons in suffering. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we do. Yes. And and I'm not saying that you need to suffer, but I'm also telling you that you're not going to have your cake and eat it too in yeah. the early days. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, people ask me all the time, oh, you know, what, you know, what kind of advice could you give to somebody coming out of college? And I'm like, hey, like if you went to school for finance and you want to go get a job at Goldman Sachs and you want to get paid 110 grand a year to work 95 hours a week and get be stuck in a spreadsheet all day long. And if that's what excites you and if that's fun for you, go for it. By all means, <laughs> go for it. You'll make a fuck ton of money. You, you know, like I, I, I got no I got no problem with that. However, unless you want to be a trader, a doctor or a lawyer, you're most likely not going to start at that six yeah. figure kind of place. Mm -hmm. And also it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And, you know, like I have anyway, I, I just think that it was important to say that. Right. Like yeah. like taking a lower salary. Right. For a place that you really want to work at is so valuable. It's so valuable. Like in like being a part of a startup company that's starting from the ground up with a yeah. with like a cool team of people that really just want to see this thing work, like experiencing that, yeah, mm -hmm. is special. You know, it's so funny that you say that. One of the very first people I coached, um, she had gone to college with me. So Columbia, you know, nerdy, smart people. Um, she started working at Goldman straight out of college. Um, and she came to me and was like, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm just so miserable. She was still in finance. I really like, I want to do what you do. I want to be in your industry, but I don't have any experience in that industry. And I was like, look, you might be able to find something that is in the like $100,000 range of what you're doing right now. But like, I'm here today because I started out making $32,000 a year on salary and then working jobs on the weekends and working my way up and working my way up and working my way up. That's why I get paid a nice amount of money to work in quote unquote cool industries. Took lots of work, lots of very low paychecks and, you know, years of proving myself. So like a lot of the people that take that route right out of college, five, 10 years into their career, they're calling on Rebecca and say, oh my God, I hate my life. I hate my job. How do I pivot? And by that point, right, by 30 plus Maybe you have bills that you can't, you know, that you got to pay for. Maybe you got kids, right? You got a mortgage. When you're 22, that's the time to say, fuck it. I want to, like me, I want to work at a nightclub. I want to be a nightclub person, right? And if they say, okay, starting salary for you is 32 grand a year, you figure it out. You eat, you know, food from the dollar store for a couple of years. But um, I love that you said that because, you know, it, you you have to... Um, when you're at that age, to follow your heart is so uh, so important because it gets harder and harder to do that the older you get, really. Yeah, and 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 also, you know, you're getting paid to learn. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Insured like, person, you're getting paid to learn, and so if you want someone to pay you to learn, you have to be comfortable not getting paid a lot of money because you're learning, right? And so, like, you know, I wish I could pay everybody 150 <laughs> to 250 thousand a year in a yeah. startup. Uh, I would argue to say that everybody that works with me, both at Meatball Shop, Seymour's Creatures, you know, they don't make as much money as they probably could, but they have a fucking good time and they really learn what it means to be autonomous, yeah. you know, in their role and take risk and face fear together, like with a team yeah. of people yeah. around them that are like, fuck yeah, let's go, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love, I love what you said about facing fear because that is a big part of being an entrepreneur. And I know that you mentioned before that you have a daily routine that makes you prepared to face whatever fears come your way throughout the day. So 
I would be remiss if we did not dive into that during our time together today. So if you wouldn't mind giving us like the nitty gritty details of what you do every day. Okay. And I just want to preface this. This has taken years to put together. Yeah. Uh, I do this, I would say, five, six days a week. Yeah. There's definitely a day or two a week where I don't hit all of them. It's long and I love it more than anything on the planet outside of my wife and two children. So I wake up at 4.45 in the morning. I don't use an alarm. My body's just kind of attuned at this point to waking up super duper early. I immediately, I sleep with an eye mask. I immediately pull back my eye mask. I open up my eyes. I stare up at the ceiling and I smile from ear to ear for 15 seconds. Big fucking shitting grid. Like big, big, big smile. It's totally uncomfortable. It feels awkward. <laughs> I've been doing it for years. It feels super weird. My, my face doesn't even want to do it because <laughs> it's still sleeping, but I do it and I make a mental gratitude list. And I, I feel like Amanda's going to start this beginning. Ton, it's happening. It yeah. looks yeah. like this. Forget it. It literally looks like this. <laughs> well, I can't see it right now, but Michael's literally smiling ear to We'll get a screen yeah. grab. Don't worry, guys. We'll get a full-blown, big, huge, humongous smile. And, and what happens? I start thinking of gratitude. And sometimes I think, you know, it's so ridiculous that I do this, that I get like a little chuckle, like a little yeah. out loud laugh. And the reason why I do that and the reason why I start my day like that every single day is because a lot of us wake up with like untreated anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, even no matter how good we are, like there are days where we go to bed and we're still stressed out, we're still anxious. And so if you don't do anything immediately to combat it, the chances of it, of it creeping up early in your day are high. So I try to beat it back immediately. And it's really, really hard to be stressed out and anxious and negative <laughs> when your fucking shit eating grin smile um, is and like positivity just washes over my body. So I do that for 15 seconds. I think about my wife, my kids, the dog, my property, all the awesome things I have in my life. Yeah. And uh, and then I snap up. I literally sit up with intention. I put my feet on the floor. I get right out of bed and uh, and I make my way. <laughs> I don't use the master bathroom in our bedroom anymore. My wife makes me use the downstairs bathroom, um, which is really funny. Uh, but because <laughs> I, I make too much noise in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I make my way uh, downstairs. The first thing I do is uh, walk straight into the bathroom. Do I'm, I'm going to brush my teeth. I floss my teeth. I take a piss. Um, I have a skincare routine that I do every single morning. Um, sometimes I do it before the sauna. Sometimes I do it after the sauna. Um, but if I'm not going to go right into the sauna for whatever reason, I will do this like super nice, long, slow, like meditative skincare routine yes. that is like wash my face, <laughs> serum, uh, eye shit, face, you know, moisturize. We love the eye shit. <laughs> my eye shit. Like I go for it. I go for it. And so I do my skincare routine. Then I immediately get down on the floor and I have a prayer practice that I've been doing for 18 years. So prayer is a huge part of my gratitude, the gratitude part of my life. Um, I connect with the universe. I ask for help first thing in the morning. Please guide me, direct me, um, you know, put people in my path that I can be of service of, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, and it's about three to five minutes. I pray for a lot of people, um, the people that I love more than anything, and also the people that I struggle with. I think yeah. praying for you know, asking the universal energy to be, uh, to bring happiness and grace to the people that you are struggling with in life really does help those resentments to sort of yeah. dissipate over time. And so I pray for those people. I pray for, you know, that. And then I go right into push ups and I do 50 push ups every single morning straight. 
And then right after my push-ups, I do a little stretch. I do like a downward dog. I do an upward dog. I do a little cat-cow. And I get up and make my way into the kitchen where I drink 22 ounces of water with uh, juice of half a lemon and pink Himalayan salt. I drink that pretty quickly. And I've recently added a new piece of my um, to my morning routine. Uh, I, I do red light therapy now. And so I set up, I've got this really awesome uh, red light therapy panel called a Juve. And I just sit in front of the panel for 10 minutes. Um, if I'm facing the panel, I do not meditate because it uh, it's just hard to meditate with that bright red light in my face. Mm. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm treating the backside of my body, I will meditate in, in front of the panel. How big is uh, this thing? It's like 36 inches high. Okay. And like, wow. like a foot wide. Uh, okay, I know what I'm asking for for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, there's so many benefits to red light. Yeah. So I do that. Um, and if I'm facing it, I'll just do some breathing and I won't really go like deep into a meditation. Um, but so I, I, I do my red light and then um, I go right into my sauna and I, I sit in an infrared sauna. Uh, I sit in there for about 30 minutes and that's where I typically do my meditation and I read and I read and meditate in there and I'll put on some like super soothing music and I will get those two things done, my reading and my meditation. And then I like to hang over my legs for about two to three minutes. So I just like kind of put my arms like this. Yeah. And I bend, I, I you know, I-, I Forward fold, sit, yeah. Forward fold for like two to three minutes just to open up my back and my hamstrings and shit like that. Honestly. And then I go right into my cold plunge and my cold plunge sits at about 38 to 40 degrees and I sit in the cold plunge every single morning for about four minutes. It is very, very hard. It is something that I've been doing for a long time that I'm just not used to still every morning. I have to battle that fear of getting in there, um, but, I, but I get in there every single morning. Wow. Um, and then um, after I get out of the cold plunge, I actually walk... <laughs> I walk over to, uh, this all happens in my garage. I got my son in my garage, my cold plunge in my garage. Um, I walk over to the mirror and I look at myself in the mirror and I walk through some affirmations and I tell myself how awesome I am. I tell myself that today is going to be a successful day. I tell myself that I'm supported. I tell myself that I love my family for real and my family loves me back. I tell myself that I've got the strength that I need to get through the day and um a few other affirmations that I sort of run through, looking at myself in the eyes with intent. And then I make my way out into the kitchen. At that point, my family is either just about to get up or they're already up. And I sit down at the kitchen nook and I give my my kids a hug and a kiss. I give my wife a kiss and I begin making my coffee. I make my coffee. Um, I love coffee. So I make like a really nice pour over coffee. And, uh, I pour my ketone IQ. It's like this ketone drink that I drink every morning, um, and my athletic greens. And so I've got these three things that I'm sipping on, but all, you know, all yeah. three. <laughs> hanging out with the family. Um, I hang out with Love the family that. from like six thirty to seven thirty in the morning, and uh, then I either take my kids to school, or my wife will take them to school. Uh, regardless, I always go to the gym, either after I drop them off or you know right from home. I'll go to the gym and I'll train uh, CrossFit typically these days, and then I get to my I get I get to the office. I have my meal one, which is the you know my morning first meal of the day every single day without fail. I open up my journal, I journal, and then boom, I'm ready for work. First of all, like I'm 
so inspired by this, but my very first yoga teacher way back, maybe almost 15 years ago, gave this Dharma talk that I still to this day think about every day. And he said that the the goal of the spiritual practice, like the true spiritual practice is to become an impenetrable warrior. And in listening to you describe this, you know, I think a lot of people think of morning routine as sort of like fluffy and it's like, you know, all about beauty and aesthetics, right? And so many steps of what you do every morning are energetic, are spiritual, um, right? And the type of, you know, not to get too woo-woo, but the type of aura that that creates, right? Not just the energy that it creates inside of you, but the energy that then you are projecting out into the universe, right? Like whether you believe in whatever you believe in spiritually, right? Like there is power to becoming that master of your own energy, right? And then going out into the world and it impacts every single one of the people that you interact with. So I hope everyone was listening, even if you took like one or two of those things, right? And start to layer them into your day, right? Like don't go, maybe don't jump all the way in and, you know, the full thing, but even, you know, a couple of the things that you're doing, if people could start integrating them into the day, in addition to the skincare, the workouts, right? Like layer in the affirmations, layer in the prayer, layer in the meditation, right? It makes such a huge, huge, huge yeah, difference. Yeah, one thing I can also like share for anybody listening. So I recently just launched a journal. I've been working on a journal for a long time. Exciting. Um, yeah. I'll show it to you real quick. Yeah. Amazing. We, we you know, like everything. We need to yeah. the, the journal. Meal one, the juice. So this is this is it. It's called the the creatures of habit habit stacking journal. Look at that. It's meant to be like beat up and thrown around and just like yeah, enough in the gym bag. Fancy. It gets better with age. Yeah, but the cool thing about the journal is, like you just said, I definitely do not recommend trying to accomplish the long list of things I do every single morning if you're still struggling to wake up. Yeah. In the morning <laughs> without hitting snooze, the way I see success happen in people, myself as a catalyst, is by starting with one thing. Yeah. You know, like I believe that half the world on January 1st <laughs> is going to say I'm 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 on my weight loss journey starting today. Mm -hmm. Right. And that can that includes fitness and nutrition and probably quitting smoking and yeah. you know slowing down Ooh, your drinking yeah. and all the things. All the things. All the things, right? And and so what I know to be true is don't do that. Don't don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. It's consistently proven unsuccessful. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. Start with one meal. Yeah. You want to lose mm -hmm. weight and you wanna you wanna keep it off and you wanna stay consistent. Choose one meal, whether that's your first meal, your second meal, your third meal, whatever. This meal is going to be consistent and it is going to be healthy. Yeah. And I promise you start with one meal and you do it consistently for three, four weeks. Don't go crazy. Don't try to like add all the other meals in within the first three, four weeks. One meal consistently daily. You will change. Mm -hmm. The idea of I'm going on a diet will no longer be part of the story. It is I actually am a healthy person. I lead a healthy lifestyle, not I'm going on a diet to lose 100 pounds. You know? Yeah. And so in in the journal that I've created, I've, I've laid out all of my morning habits and I walk everybody through each and every one of them. And every single day in the journal, it has like these habit prompts, right? So like you can, and I say very clearly, like, don't do all these. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't do them all. <laughs> like, just don't. It would yeah. be silly. But choose one or two max to start and start tracking it on a daily basis. And maybe you choose one habit plus journaling, right? Because journaling has been so helpful for me. It's I have tens and probably probably a hundred journals over the years that I use to track my life. You know, like how crazy cool is it to like Mm -hmm. when you're like 75 to like go back to your journal when you were like 36 and see the things that you were afraid of you know like one other thing that i love about the journal is in the back of the journal i've got this thing called it's just write down your fears face them with courage there is no better time than now and so these last pages of the journal are your fear inventory what does that mean that means that like we are faced with fear all the time here's the kicker 90 to 95 percent of the things that we are afraid of that we spend so much brain space like worried about never come to fruition they're all made up they're all <laughs> we all believe that we're fucking fortune tellers yeah and we can predict <laughs> the future and we are fucking there and we're like we know this shit is gonna happen it's all coming down man it is all coming down i'm here to tell you right here right now today that you have gotten through everything in your life everything in your life you've gotten through that is a listening. Yeah. Yes. If you're listening to this podcast and you are alive, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's objective. Yeah, it's objectively true. You have gone through every single thing that your life that you've been presented with in life, and so just know that that's not going to change. It's going to be scary at times, mm-hmm. but you are going to get through it. You are going to get through it. It's how you deal with it and how you respond to the shit life throws at you is going to determine happiness or not. You know, and if there's one thing that I can leave your audience with today is that it is your choice how you respond to the shit life throws at you. You can live in fear, which is a shitty place to be. The way I kind of think about it is like if there's people, there's somebody I really just don't like, somebody I really just don't like, it typically means that that person evokes fear in me. Something about that person evokes fear in me. Like, would I want to live in that person's body? Or is it way more comfortable having that person around and having that person with me as opposed to me living inside that person? That yeah. person that's just like, I don't like. And so you can choose to live in it or with it. I like to live with it. I put my arm around it. I talk to it and I'm like, hey, I know you're here, man. You know, I know you're right here, right next to me. I know you're getting a little close to me. Like, I hear you. I am see you. I'm not going to let you be the decision-making factor in my life. I'm going to fucking face you. I'm going to face you head on. I'm going to run towards you hard, you know, and I'm going to get through you um, every day, whatever it takes. I'm going to get through you because I know on the other side of fear is absolute freedom every time. Yeah. All the good stuff. So speaking of good stuff, let's talk about your business. Let's talk about Creatures of Habit. So at the highest level, it is a healthy lifestyle brand. You've started with a product called Meal One. Tell us a little bit about like the idea for this as a business and maybe like where in my mind, I'm like, well, this is meal one. What's meal two going to be? <laughs> but, you know, any kind of sneak peek you can give us into the future, the iteration of Creatures of Habit and then the future of maybe what's next for you or the business. Sure. So Creatures of Habit was created uh, about two, a little over two years ago. It's been in the world, in the marketplace for about 15, 16 months now. I... I'm a creature of habit. I am the quintessential creature of habit. I find something I like. It makes me feel good. It makes me look good. I do it forever until <laughs> it's gone. 
And um, I've been sober now in recovery for like 18 and a half years. And uh, when I got sober, a couple of guys really came to the rescue for me. I was 23 years old. I really, I was headed down such a dark path. I had overdosed on drugs. I was really sort of at my, at the end of my rope. And these two guys looked at me and said, man, you've got so much to offer, Mikey. Like, what are you doing? Why? And they were sober. And so they, they took me under their wing. I asked for help. I had the courage somehow, some way to ask for help. I knew that it was coming to the end and I did. And they took me up on it. They brought me into a Muay Thai kickboxing gym, which I never knew shit from Sherlock with Muay Thai kickboxing. But these guys were like, this is where we're going to teach you. And so they did. And they also wrote a meal plan for me. Healthy eating was not something I ever thought about. I was I had ingested nothing but negativity for years. Mm. You know, I don't even think I drank water. I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I I don't like. Yeah, I was I was I had those years, man. I had yeah. those years. <laughs> it was dark. And so these guys said, here's here's what you're going to do. Here's your life plan. And we're going to live every day. We're not going to live yesterday or tomorrow. We're going to live today. You're going to wake up as early as you can. You're going to pray. You're going to go for a run. Whether that run is one block or one mile or 10 miles, we just want you to get out and move your body first thing in the morning. So you're going to pray. You're going to go for a run. And then you're going to eat oatmeal. Big, huge bowl of oatmeal. Then you're going to go to an AA meeting. And then you're going to come to the gym and we're going to kick your fucking ass. And we're going to teach you. We're going to teach you about discipline. We're going to teach you about getting back up. We're going to teach you about integrity, honesty, humility, all of those things. And I did learn all of that stuff in the ring of Muay Thai kickboxing from, from New York to Thailand. And then they said, right after you train, you're going to have chicken and broccoli for lunch. You're going to take a nap. You're going to go to work. And then for dinner, you're going to have chicken and broccoli. And you're going to go to bed after work and you're going to do it all over again the next day. And that's what set me off on this path of wellness. And so it was that, it was basically that, right? And so I've been eating oatmeal as my first meal of the day to this very day for over 18 years. I've obviously added things to it over the years, but when the pandemic hit and I knew that I wasn't going to open up another restaurant, I moved my family and I upstate to our upstate house. And I took three months to try to figure out what the next move was. I knew I had to pivot. I knew I was going to do something in wellness and lifestyle. I'd been working with an executive coach. She made it very clear to me that, you know, restaurants were just a medium for me. I didn't need a restaurant to be successful as an entrepreneur. And so I was like, man, what the fuck am I going to do? And I was on a run and it just came to me. I said, you know, I've been eating this oatmeal with plant-based protein and chia seeds and flax seeds and pumpkin seeds and pink Himalayan salt. And every morning I also have my omega-3s, my probiotic, my digestive enzymes, and my vitamin D3. And that's sort of like my morning setup. And it takes me like 20 minutes to make every day. What if I can put all those things into a pouch and be able to deliver this meal that I've been feeding my body with? And I'm in the best shape of my life. And I have been for a long time, you know, like I'm a professional athlete, you know, like I move my body intensely. And this is what I've been feeding myself as my first meal every day for many, many years. I said, what if I can package this up, put a really cool brand around it, and not only be able to get people an incredibly convenient, super healthy meal that takes no time at all, maybe get them to stop eating all the sugary shit they're eating in the morning, but also use this product as a platform to be able to tell my story that anyone can change. It's never too late. And so I came up with this whole thing on this fucking run. I got home. I told my wife. 
She thought I was crazy, but I put $200,000 into a bank account that day and began the process. I took a, a little over a year to develop the formula. Your husband was integral <laughs> yeah. in helping me. I tasted all of the early prototypes. We were all up first hearing about it early. We were like, say, yeah, I'll be all together for <laughs> 2021 yeah. or whatever year that was. I mean, it took a long time to get to the get Perfect, to the, yeah. to the formula, but we we did it right, and uh, I built a really cool brand around it. And there's a real mission behind it. I do believe that that if we start our day with healthy habits, specifically our nutritional choices, our chances of being more successful in our other decision-making throughout the rest of the day are just far greater if you think about it, right? Like, yeah. oh yeah. If you hit snooze, paints a pretty good picture of what the day is gonna look like. You're gonna kind of be sluggish for the rest of the day because you're gonna be behind. Mm -hmm. If you don't hit snooze and you get up and you eat a bagel, well, the chances of you having like a burger or a slice of pizza for lunch are actually far greater than if you eat like an incredibly yeah, healthy and delicious bowl of oatmeal that's yeah. got all these amazing ingredients in it. So I was like, let me just try to fit myself into people's lives so that they can start making better nutritional decisions in the beginning of their day. And then potentially that just sends a sends a signal out and creates waves um, mm -hmm. for them to make better decisions. And we did. And I pitched it to Gary Vaynerchuk, who thought it was a brilliant idea. I created a really cool uh, line of apparel to go with it. It's got this full lifestyle thing. And he loved it. So he was the first check in. We went out and raised a bunch of money and we launched the business in August of last year. And we still have uh, only one skew. It's got six flavors, but it is all this blend of gluten-free oats, 30 grams of plant-based protein. I believe in a high protein diet. I think high protein diets are really just the best way to eat for many, many reasons that we're protein girls. <laughs> so. We we like our plates full, our cups full, and our bellies full. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, it's got complex carbohydrates with oatmeal. It's got 30 grams of protein. It's got 290 milligrams of omega threes. It's got 2000 IU of vitamin D3. It's got an amazing probiotic called Bacillus subtilis, which is just a really robust probiotic. It's got great digestive enzymes. Chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, pink Himalayan salt for electrolytes. It's best made overnight. Uh, you can make it a bunch of ways, but I always suggest just doing it overnight. It's so simple. It's so delicious when you make it overnight. You just add three quarters of a cup of almond milk to it, mix it well in a jar, cover it up, throw it in the fridge. It's ready in the morning. And that screeches a habit. We have plans for a few more SKUs over the next couple of years. The business is doing really well. People love the product and it's making people's lives easier. I was telling Rebecca before we recorded that I love to throw it in a smoothie and it is the smoothie. That's yeah. you add some fruit, you add some greens, right? Like you don't need to add anything else because it has yeah, Paul only has a smoothie. Your husband only has a smoothie. He he swears by it. He's yeah. We have every flavor in our cabinets at every time. Like no joke. Like, <laughs> we have so much, so much of it. But yeah. I can vouch that that is actually true. <laughs> um, what I loved about what you just shared too about the story of how creatures have had a came to fruition is that you came up with it when you were on a pause, right? Mm -hmm. I think that in this entrepreneurial world and in this world that we live in, we're often rewarded for going, 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 going. But if you're always heads down, trying to hustle your way through things, you don't create space for yourself to think and daydream and allow new possibilities to enter. So I I love that you came up with this idea on a run of all places while you were on a break. I'm curious if you have any other advice for aspiring entrepreneurs or business owners out there, if they're feeling stuck or wondering what might be next for them. Well, I believe in coaching. I believe. Me too. 
Yeah. <laughs> I believe in coaching. I, I think coaching, I typically always have a coach of sorts. I always have a fitness coach, whether that is an online coach or like right now I've got a number of coaches because I just started doing CrossFit a few months ago and I've really just sort of turned myself over to these coaches who are having a blast with me because I'm a real competitor and yeah, they, they think you. that, you know, they can push me hard. But executive coaching is something that I really do believe in. I believe in executive coaching. I believe in life coaching too. You know, like I also coach people. I feel like uh, I don't coach a ton of people. I take on 10 people at a time. But for me, being able to share my experience and, you know, my wealth of knowledge around nutrition and fitness and then ultimately my mindset stuff, you know, money and material is not going to make you happy. It, it's not. I mean, I'm not sleeping in you, you know, didn't found pillows of cash yeah. <laughs> i'm not sleeping in pillows of cash you know but but i've done well for myself and i have some nice things and, and i love nice things you know i love being able to have those things that said how i feel is going to be the barometer for how happy i am not what i have or even worse what i want and so i really do believe that if you're struggling and you don't know where to go, you know, <laughs> you can always go back to self-love. Mm -hmm. Always just self-love has always guided me in the right direction. And that might sound woo-woo. We like it. But, you know, if you're not working on yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, that's what I would recommend doing. If you really feel stuck, if you really feel like, shit, man, I just... Is this the end? Do I sell? Do I close? Do I, you know, give yourself a month of doing a few of the things that I walked through in my morning routine and just see where it takes you. Because I think as entrepreneurs, as hard chargers, a lot of us, a lot of us are at the bottom of our totem poles. Mm. And that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If you're spending your whole life grinding, because we all like to say, how's things going? Oh, man, grinding. I'm out there grinding. <laughs> you know? Like, if that is your existence, I'm telling you, the people around you are not fired up about your presence because you're not there. You're not there. You're, you could, you might be physically there, but if all you're doing is concern is your whole, if your whole life, you know? And, and like, man, I just got to say this. Like, there's a couple of guys on social media that I unfollowed recently hmm. because- they both at a very similar time, and I don't know if they like co-conducted this thing. <laughs> Probably. They, they both said something to the tune of, you know, one guy said, oh, it's little Jimmy's birthday. He's going to be okay. Don't worry. If you're out there, you're crushing, you're making oh. cash, you're bringing home the cash. Like, oh, oh, everybody's so emotional. Like, mm -hmm. take the emotion out of it. Like, if you're out there making money and your family's doing the things that, that they want to do, like the trips and the yeah yeah like it's okay like you can miss little Jimmy's birthday stop being a baby and I'm like fuck that man yeah fuck that yeah. like if I am not home at six o'clock on the dot to have dinner with my family which I am I am fucking mad at myself I've put my business and my fucking want for money yeah before my fucking family and that's not okay because I know at the end of the day. When am I most happy? On like a Sunday morning, having a cup of coffee, with the fire going, my two kids battling on the couch, <laughs> throwing fucking 
Santa Claus designs. Yeah. Like, that's when I'm the most happy. That's when, like, I'm untouchable. That is when all the other things in my life that stress me out are just gone. Don't yeah. even exist because I'm present with my fam. And if all hell breaks loose, and I say this to Donna, my wife, I say, hey, you know, like, you know I'm a risky motherfucker. You know that, like, <laughs> I'm just out there, like, I... <laughs> My life has been built around my ability to take risk and yeah. face fear, right? It just has. And with risk, there is always a very high probability of failure. And that's okay. But like, there is, it just exists all the time in my life. And so I just, priority is very important. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I guess I'll finish with this. I read in a book recently. I believe it was a Ryan Holiday book. I don't remember which one, but it said something like priority was the word for many years. And not until like the 40s or 50s did priority become plural, priorities. Mm -hmm. And I know what my priority is in life. And anybody listening, I beg you not to take this the wrong way and like immediately judge me for this. My priority in life is me. It is me at 100%. Why? Because if I am not the priority in my life, I promise you, I'm not showing up as a great father. Yep. I'm not showing up as a great husband. I'm not showing up as a great business owner. I'm not showing up as a great son, brother, friend. None of it. If I am at the bottom of my totem pole, how is it possible for me to show up as the best version of myself for all the people that I love most. Yeah. Priority is self and yeah. it should be for everyone. Yeah. And so I guess getting back to that entrepreneur questioning, struggling, mm -hmm. think about that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thank you, thank you. All right, well, our time is up. We appreciate you being so generous. We ask this to all of our guests. What is one tip for working smart and one tip for working happy. Rapid fire. Super fire. <laughs> one sentence each. Uh, one tip for working smart, set a boundary and close the computer at the same time every day. Boom. Love that. One tip for working happy, start your day with positive habits. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> and finally, where can our listeners find you? You can find me at Michael Chernow everywhere. You can find Creatures of Habit at Creatures of Habit on all social platforms. That's Creatures with a K. And uh, CreaturesofHabit.com, of course, is our website. And uh, I love you guys. Thank you. We love you so much. Thank you so much. Like Thank Thanks for joining us for this episode of Full Plate, Full Cup. If you found this episode helpful, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. To learn more about the Full Plate, Full Cup methodology or to work with us in a more personal way, find us on Instagram at Full Plate, Full Cup. That's at F-U-L-L-P-L-A-T-E-F-U-L-L-C-U-P or online at www.fullplatefullcup.com. www.fullplatefullcup.com.